Let's talk uh, uh, some NFL football, college, and more with our good friend, our resident handicapper who appears, I don't want to say nightly because it's not nightly, daily, that's not right, so I guess say afternoonly, Scott Spritzer. What's going on, my man? Afternoonly, I like it. I, I don't know. It just, it just came to me. I don't know why and how, but it did. What's up, man? I'll take it. How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm I'm sorry that we didn't have any, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, flea for you, or we didn't have any <laughs> fishbone for you. But oh, Numchuck's got something for you. What do you got, Numchuck? Afternoon delight. I don't think Scott Spritzer was a Starland vocal band. How do you like that one, Scott? Starland vocal band. That's a serious change of gears. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not one. Re- Numchuck, can we please get the record scratch for this one? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think this is more uh, more, more Jay Schrader right here. There you go. Jay Schrader. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, man. oh, my gosh. Memories of the mid-70s. Uh, there you go. <laughs> the public swimming pool. Yeah, right. <laughs> the public swimming pool. <laughs> Is that what they were doing in Omaha, Nebraska, playing the Starland Vocal Band? It's probably, probably. I, I don't know why. Yes. Oh, <laughs> why the funny. hell do I remember that? But I do. That's fine. Uh, yeah, summer of whatever that year was, '76 or whatever. I think before I'm that, ten years old, hanging out at the pool. Uh, <laughs> I remember the old public swimming pools. We actually had them in Sacramento as well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had them all over. We had uh, our pool was Cashio's. Which, by the way, that family also owned a great Italian restaurant, so I will give them that. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you were a teenager like that, Scott, wasn't the eye candy pretty good at the public pool during the months of June and July? When I was 10, I was in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. All right, man. So uh, I want to know how much time did you spend watching and wagering on the World Series? Oh, I watched a lot of it, actually. I mean... Not every pitch, not every inning. Um, I was I passed one of the games, so I was involved in four of the five games. And uh, I'm a you know me, I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask if you're just talking about if you're a sports fan and you watched a lot of baseball. Did you watch this series? Um, I'm a junkie, so yep. you know it, it. It could have been a couple of college baseball teams playing a best of seven, and I would have been tuned into most of it. So again, did watch every single pitch or every single inning, but because uh, there was other stuff going on too with football and all that, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I watched a lot of it, you know, pretty much the same as I always do. So, you know, I know the, the ratings dropped down because nobody outside of those regions, you know, Dallas, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, really seemed to care about that World Series other than the betting. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you like to see. You, you like to see teams that never get in the World Series get it in the World Series. But at the same time, I miss having the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, the Cardinals. I miss having the teams that, you know, are there quite often, at least in our childhood and growing up until the last few years, being in the mix. I really do. I would rather see a Red Sox-Dodgers World Series than the Rangers and the D-backs or even your Houston Astros. And no offense there, they were great. Dusty is fantastic. But the bottom line was, is I want those teams, man, those teams we grew up on to be in the World Series. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't, you know, obviously – 
you know, the, the name, the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks had a lot to do with the low ratings and everything. But I really think it comes down to star power. I mean, neither one of these teams had the star power that the right. casual fan is, is going to know. I mean, we got to hang your hat on, on Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon. I mean, you know, guys that, you know, didn't, you know, uh, play with those organizations up until the last couple of years, you're not going to get it. And then, you know, from a, a pitching star power, I mean, every World Series, Scott, it just seems like, you know, you've got, you know, one or two aces on each staff that, that are there. And you couldn't even make that case. Sure, Max Scherzer came over, but Max Scherzer was a shell of himself this year. Right. I mean, he wasn't good at all. But, you know, uh, Zach Gallon threw a great game last night, uh, but not many people, you know, know of him. But, and, well, yeah. And, and, how, and how sad is that, too? Here's a guy that throws a no-no through six innings, and the score's, you know, nothing, nothing at the end of six. And then he gives up like a little bleeder to Seeger and then boom, here come the, the, the roof caves in, so to speak. And then all of a sudden they go to the pen and then it's five, nothing world series, you know, to the Texas Rangers. But yeah, it just didn't seem like we had a whole bunch of close games. We didn't have a lot of star power. It just seemed very, very odd to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's part of it too. There was no big names and I, I threw Houston in that mix as being a team that, doesn't have a big following outside of their region, but you had Jose Altuve, you had Justin Verlander. You know, there was none of that in this World Series for the most part. I mean, listen, if you're a baseball junkie, you like watching uh, some of those individual players that were out there in this World Series, but if you're not a baseball junkie, it just didn't have that star power, as you mentioned. You know, I'm a Zach Allen fan, but again, your closest things to an ace on these two teams in this World Series was Nathan Eovaldi, who, you know, picked it up down the stretch and all that into the postseason, but even had one really bad playoff start. And I think that was the first game against Arizona or the second game, whatever, but his first start, he had a real bad game in the playoffs. And then Gallon, you know, he could be great at home and bad on the road. So you're right. I mean, that's part of it, not just the team names, but also the players that were not involved. You want to see Aaron Judge. You know, you want to see, even though he struggled in the postseason throughout his career, you want to see a Clayton Kershaw. You know, and there's just none of that star power. I was happy for Bruce Bochy. I really like both of those managers that were in the World Series. Uh, but Bochy, man, he just, I never thought we'd see him manage again. And then he takes over in Texas and turns him around as quickly as he did. And then, of course, to, to, excuse me, Tori Lavulo, who, you know, just a couple of years ago lost over 100 games and had one of the most banged up injury filled rosters that I've seen in my lifetime. And he turns him around and gets him to the World Series. Most of all, I like him because he cashed my over wins total ticket during the regular season, but uh, <laughs> from a betting standpoint. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's a situation where, you know, even Bruce Bochy, as good as he's been, he's won multiple World Series. What is it now, like four? Four. Um, and of course, with San Francisco before this. But even his name doesn't draw the same kind of attention, you know, that you would get out of some of the other managers, you know, in baseball who could make it, you know, more interesting, I guess, for the general consumer of sports on TV. But again, it's, it's one of those things where, man, I want to get, I want to see star power, but I also want to see the so-called little guy get in the world series from time to time too. Sure. Yeah. It makes, makes total sense. All right. Uh, let's talk about the NFL, my friend. Uh, we got a pretty intriguing game, uh, tonight. You've got, uh, Tennessee and, and Pittsburgh, uh, Steelers open like two and a half, uh, pretty much three all the way across the board. They are at home. Kenny Pickett is going to get the start after being injured last week with a rib injury. And Mr. Bisky came in, uh, was not good uh, for Pittsburgh as they lost at home to Jacksonville. Uh, how much are you, are you buying 
getting into the bounce back theory for Pittsburgh and then, you know, Tennessee just kind of being uneven, uh, you know, a good portion of the season and Will Levis starting for, for Tennessee tonight. Yeah, the, the bounce back situation has been great under Mike Tomlin. I mean, they're 17 and five against the spread at home following a home loss by 10 or more. Last week they lost by 10 and that record's under the coaching of Tomlin. And then, you know, there's six and oh against the spread at home following a game where they scored less than 15 points. So Tomlin normally turns this team around quickly and gets them to bounce back. Uh, as far as Will Levis, I mean, I, you know, we only saw one game, but boy, he sure did look like the real deal. Throwing the ball well downfield. They had a couple of passes greater than 30 yards in last week's game, but I kind of was like looking into this as the handicap and, and I thought, man, you know, he had two weeks. He had a week off to prepare for Atlanta last week and he did. He looked good. He looks like a keeper so far. But he's going to make his second start now on short rest and against one of the best coaching staffs over the last 20 years, led by Mike Tomlin. So you got T.J. Watt and company who should be ready for a somewhat weak Tennessee offensive line. Uh, I know they're missing. Uh, I'm trying. I'm spacing off his name now. They're missing one of their top. Mika Fitzpatrick. Tonight. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, there you go, Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they're going to be missing him tonight. But I think Tomlin is going to have a a game plan designed to handle a rookie quarterback on short rest and short preparation time. So I actually did a video on this about 1 a.m. our time, uh, TC, last night, so it's floating around there on YouTube, but I I recommended laying the two and a half with Pittsburgh. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And it's three now, but I still like him there. Right, right, right. And, of course, when Scott Spicer did that at 1 a.m., I mean, he was uh, he was amped up, too, because that's his prime time. I mean, that, that's everyone else's, <laughs> you know, like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Scott Spicer's 1, 1 a.m., right? My two primes were, you know, at the age of 10 with hair, and then, of course, at 1 a.m. Pacific just about every night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. All right, let's uh, – uh, talk. We'll we'll keep it in the tonight realm here because we got a couple college football games uh, with relatively low spreads, and uh, we've got TCU and Texas Tech. Both teams have really been disappointing, especially uh, t- uh, TCU after they got blasted by K State last week, forty-one to three. Uh, Texas uh, Tech comes in here at three and five. They're a three-point favorite. Uh, and then we've got Wake Forest and Duke. And again, Duke with a big time setback where they got shut out at Louisville last week. Give me some thoughts on both these games, Scott. Yeah, I'll start with the one that I jumped on and took a chance with, uh, with my money, uh, yesterday. And that was South Alabama, which was four and a half at the time over Troy, plus four and a half. And I was taking a chance that Carter Bradley, the South Alabama quarterback, is going to play in this game. He's been listed as questionable all week. But if you watched him on Monday, he walks up to the podium. He shows no signs of injury as he addresses the media. He didn't have a, a limp. He didn't have a cane. He didn't have any wrap on his leg or anything like that. And he was kind of coy when he was asked if he was going to play on Thursday. And he basically said, in a, in a nutshell, in a paraphrase, he had a grin on his face. And he said, well, I guess I'll have to wait and find out on Thursday. So I suspect that he's going to play. And that was going into today the word around the program We saw this line shoot up, TC, because a very famous website that doesn't give picks, but it gives out information on college and pro football, baseball, all that stuff, and a lot of statistics and injury updates. Earlier today, about four or five hours ago, uh, they said that he was not going to play. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 you see this line go up to five and a half. And then within a half hour, they deleted that update that he wasn't going to play. It didn't say anything. So official word is that he's questionable. Obviously, I, I took him at four and a half, got the worst of the number because it's up to five and a half when I grabbed it last night. But I think he's going to play just by 
what they've been saying around the South Alabama program. And, you know, the Jags, man, they're in a four-way tie for second place in the conference. I, I think they can win this game as long as Bradley's on the field. So for those listening, this game goes at 4.30 uh, Pacific time. And if you want to get involved, you can wait, you know, just wait. Wait another hour uh, before 4.30 and see if Carter Bradley's going to play. And then you could pounce on South Alabama, I believe. Yeah, uh, big difference maker right there if he does uh, start and play. Uh, what about the other two games you mentioned, TCU, Texas Tech, Wake Forest, and Duke? Yeah, I didn't play either. I, I have an opinion on the Dukies. And then as far as the TCU-Texas Tech game, I it fell just short of making my card. And I, I like T, uh, Texas Tech in this game, TC. Um, you know, they've got a, still a chance at a, a bowl game at the end of the season, but they got to start winning. And I don't like this TCU defense at all. Uh, they've not played very well. I know uh, they've won four in a row in this series, so Texas Tech does have that motivation if it's really worth anything after the game kicks off you know I, I do a show on Wednesday nights with a guy who used to play for the New York Giants for six years and I asked him about that you know how much does revenge really mean once the game starts and I said you know what my feeling is as a handicapper I think it keeps a team even more focused during the week of prep as they're going into a game where they feel like maybe they came up short because they made a stupid mistake or a bad call and so it keeps them even you know like finer tuned in their focus for the prep of that week leading to the game. And he agreed. He goes, as far as when the game kicks off, two, three plays into it, all that stuff's out the window, and you just got to take care of your assignments as an individual player. So I, I put that into this game or this handicap that Tech probably had laser focus during the prep this week. But when it gets game time, it's a matter of taking care of your assignments. And I think they will. I think they get the job done tonight. But it did fall short of making my official card. All right, Scott Spicer joins us, DocSports.com. Go there, check out Scott's plays. Does not matter the sport. My man is uh, all over it. And uh, so we're going to go back uh, to your your late-night hours, uh, Scott. Uh, we're going to go to the NFL, and we got a pretty good football game, but I know you'll be sound asleep at, at 6.30 in the morning. So we go to <laughs> Frankfurt, Germany, my friend. You know how I feel about these overseas games. I, I don't like it, but... You know, I got a soft spot in my heart that it is in Frankfurt. You know, I mean, that's you know because uh, you know I I I love my German uh, Bundesliga. But uh, any chance that uh, that you stay up and, and, and watch this game and then go to sleep for the afternoon portions? Hey, we get an extra hour of sleep. Good point. So you that's know, right. this weekend, so I can zonk out at three and it's only two, <laughs> and I can get four hours of sleep, watch this game, fall asleep later in the day. Uh, yeah, no Bundesliga and no Gladbach, right? So right. I don't know what the heck you're talking about watching this game for you. Right. But uh, listen, Miami's offense has been about speed. They've been about expanding teams downfield. It opens things up over the middle of the field. But when they face speedy defenses and talented defenses, Tua and company have left a lot to be desired, as you know, TC. I mean, they lost two of their last five games, and they lost to the only speed defenses they've seen this season. They scored... 17 in that 14-point loss to the Eagles. They scored 20 in a 28-point loss to the Bills. The offense was completely shut down by Philly. Uh, and in those two games I just mentioned, Tua, he's got two touchdown passes and two picks. He was sacked eight times by the Eagles and by the Bills combined. So KC has that quickness on defense, I think, to disrupt Tua uh, as a quarterback. He's a real rhythm quarterback. It's all about timing with Tua. And they've got the kind of defense that can disrupt that, make him change his plans and his mind a little bit after the snap of the ball. So, And then as far as the offense, I know KC lost last week. Denver was in a great spot. It was a tough spot for KC. I think they get back to their 
to the fundamentals of the KC offense this week, which means underneath passing, and I think they'll find success against Miami. Remember, Miami's allowing 25 points per game. So Kansas City's still third in the NFL in passing yards per game, fourth in total yards per game. I think they get this one in cover on Sunday morning, and I will be watching. I'll be. I'll look at that. And Kansas City only a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and a lot of that is, again, it's a neutral field. You'll be playing in Frankfurt, Germany. And, of course, the Dolphins get a lot of love for having the top-ranked offense. But you're right. Uh, there are some holes, and especially defensively, uh, for Miami as well, too. Scott, how much do you put into the handicap, or do you at all – uh, for these overseas games, for teams that travel and, you know, the time difference and everything else. Cause we know that none of the teams really enjoy doing this. And then, you know, a lot of times your top tier teams, uh, you know, really they don't get the opportunity to go overseas until the NFL kind of made it mandatory for everyone to go. Cause remember, this is supposed to be a Kansas City Chiefs home game. And, you know, in years past, you would never see them give up a home game, but the NFL has mandated that now, hey, it just can't be teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee and the Raiders who give up their home games to play overseas. It, it has to be across the board because they're shoving this overseas stuff down our throats. But how much do you handicap the the, the, the travel or the situation there? I, I don't much on the on the game itself there because obviously both teams are the same you know, situation, but I do like until Jacksonville blew it this year for us, I do like looking to go against teams that don't have a week off after returning from overseas. And again, you know, I played against Jacksonville when they had played two weeks in a row over in England and then came back home without rest, played against them, and they still won. So they kind of threw a wrench into that system, but it's been pretty good over the years. So I don't change my handicap again on, on the game itself that's played you know, overseas, but I do look to see if the team uh, has to play the very next, next week without time off. And those teams, again, they've done poorly over the last few years. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, the Giants and the Raiders. Uh, we know that the Raiders have this uh, renewed enthusiasm with uh, in- Antonio Pierce. But uh, like I say, Scott, you know, that's all fine and good. I'm sure they'll come out of the tunnel, uh, you know, ready to play. It'll be fired up. But, you know, that emotion can only ride you so far once you, you know, get hit in the mouth with it. And the Giants defense is pretty good, by the way. But I think that you're, if you like the Giants, and again, and maybe a lot of people don't because that was a dreadful performance that they had last week against the Jets, uh, one of the ugliest football games of the year, that 13 10 overtime uh, mess. But, you know, this is uh, a, a Giants team that does have a lot more continuity currently than the Raiders right now, and especially when you're dealing with a first-time play caller who's been a quarterback coach. Uh, you lost your head coach. You lost your offensive coordinator. And even though the players will be, you know, amped up, I just, you know, don't have a lot of faith in, in backing the Raiders here. Uh, give me some thoughts and how are you possibly handicapping this game? Yeah, I, I have to leave it alone. I was going to play the Giants. I decided to leave it alone when all the news broke out that, you know, they had the firings. And and so if you look at what coaches have done in the past or teams have done in the past to the NFL, the first week or two when they hire a new head coach and get rid of the old coach, and obviously the old coach had to be struggling to be canned, uh, they've done pretty well, uh, both straight up and against the spread, those teams. I, I don't trust this. Raiders football team enough to get involved with them. At the same time, you know, as you mentioned, the Giants, they had plenty of chances to win the game, even though they had minus nine yards passing for the game. They had to switch and go to a quarterback who had never thrown a pass in the NFL after Tyrod Taylor uh, got hurt last week. Well, now 
Danny Dimes is going to be back behind center, or as they're starting to call him on the East Coast, Danny Loose Change, with the way he's played the last couple of years. Uh, it, it's tough to back him, too. I will say this. When, when Daniel Jones has been at home, he's lost against the spread. But his, when he started at quarterback on the road for the Giants, they've actually gone 19-11 and 11 against the numbers. So basically what that shows us is that the adjustment is made, the Giants often stinks, so the books have to make an adjustment to you know, do what they got to do behind the counter, and they undervalue the New York Giants on the road you know, on purpose, obviously, and they've done well. I, I think if anything, this game stays under. you now got a defensive mind uh, for the Raiders as the head coach. You've got a quarterback who's due to the starting role, look good in preseason O'Connell. We'll see if he looks good in the regular season. And you mentioned, you know, the Giants are pretty good on defense. So if I did anything at all with this game right now, it would be to play the under, which sits around 37. Scott, we were talking earlier, and I'm sure you have the answer to this. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but you're quick. You have it. Uh, Raiders team total in this game. They haven't scored over 21 points in any contest. Uh, just curious if, uh, you know, that emotion is going to, you know, translate into points or not. Like I said, uh, again, you know, you got, uh, you know, first time play caller. You still got this, you know, you don't have much continuity, but, uh, what is that number? Would it be right around 21 and a half? Would it be 19 and a half for the Raiders team total? Oh, as a team total? Yeah, it would probably be around 20 in that neighborhood. I can, as we're speaking, I'll just look it up at a couple of the, of the, um, the, the books that are offering that around the world, in fact. And, and yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I couldn't get involved necessarily with the team total. I mean, I'd really have to study it because it's a situation where, like you said, there are just so many situations in this game that, you know, moving parts that we just don't know about, you know, because of, of, uh, the changes that are made. I'm, I'm looking at first half team total. They've got the over under at nine and a half on the Raiders with minus a dollar ten on the under, so that's as far as that's concerned. And as I'm going down here to look at some of the props, still looking for that, you know, Las Vegas Raiders team total overall. Right now I just see first quarter and first half. So if you're looking at nine with the little bit more of the juice on the under, nine and a half I should say, then you're probably looking at about eighteen points for that over under with that team total. So and and again you got a quarterback you know nothing about. You know, if you look at Adrian O'Connell his anytime touchdown is plus 710 to the yes. I'm looking at one book with minus 2700 to the no on O'Connell. So that ought to tell you a little bit about expected offense. His over under completions, 21 and a half with the under getting a buck 40. You know, it's a situation where they're really looking for a low-scoring game as far as the books of these props are concerned. Well, Scott, we know that you're going to get Daniel Jones back for the Giants, but, uh, you know, we're going to miss Tommy DeVito. But you, oh, you, you know Tommy <laughs> DeVito, right? I mean, you, you knew him before last week, right, Scott? I didn't like Tommy DeVito when he was in college, you yeah. know? And, and so here's, here's the thing. Last week I'm in the contest at the Westgate in the Circa, and I end up going 3-1-1. One, and one, and I pushed with the Giants. Obviously, if I know Tyrod Taylor's out and Tommy DeVito is going to be in, I'm not playing the New York Giants. I felt blessed to get a push out of that game in the contest. But you're absolutely right. I'll take either one of these quarterbacks for the Raiders or talking about Daniel Jones in a heartbeat mm-hmm. over, over, uh, over Tommy DeVito. I'm not trying to rip the guy. I didn't like him in college, so certainly don't like him at the NFL. But Scott, we talking about we've loved Tommy DeVito. We've loved Tommy DeVito for the past 20 <laughs> years. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm talking about the Tommy DeVito. Tommy, I thought you were talking about Danny week. DeVito. No, Tommy DeVito right here. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? Right. Funny how. 
<laughs> what? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. You mean, so, man, let me understand this, because I don't you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Joe Pesci, baby! Right there! You know, was he was that last name DeVito in that movie? Yeah, Tommy DeVito wow. was his character in Goodfellas. You and Nunchuck really are funny guys. <laughs> what, what are you trying to say, Scott? What are you That's trying to right say? Tommy DeVito. I remember the what Tommy you, I forgot. What are you trying to say, huh? Yeah. Huh? What are you trying to say? Like a funny, like a clown, Scott? Is that what you're trying to say? Huh? Because I'm looking across from a plate of pasta at you over at Piero's? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> okay, Goodfellas or Garbage Man Auto? Ooh, that's a tough one, man. That's tough. You know me. I'm, I'm partial to, uh, uh, you know, the Auto the Garbage Man in Pulp Fiction. No question. No. Oh, by the way, I'm looking right now. The Raiders team total is at 20 and a half with $1.40 to the under. To the end. Wow. Oh, that is crazy. That is crazy. All right, man. Um, give me a quick handicap. Probably game of the week is Dallas and Philadelphia. Oh, Dallas and Philadelphia. How about I give you one that I like? Okay. That's fine, too. <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably surprise a few people with this one. Um, I've got a 20-to-1 ticket on the Washington Huskies. I am extremely scared of this game on Saturday night. Um, I think it's a potential season saver. You know, sort of for Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Washington doesn't run the football well at all. I, I think it catches up to them. Uh, their weak link is the interior of the offensive line. They're 119th in rushing yards per game. And I know the USC defense has holes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but they've got top shelf talent on the edges. And when you don't have to worry about a running game, you can put pressure on an opposing quarterback. In this case, Michael Penix Jr who doesn't have his full set of targets also this week. Um, I was looking at last week's game, Washington, outgained by Stanford, even though they won the game. They only led Stanford by two points with under two minutes to go. They've escaped in each of the last four games. I think USC has the offense that can score against this Washington defense. Remember, Washington's 118th against the pass. I, I hate to have to go against Washington, I think USC only getting three tells us something. I like them this week. Washington's been getting by by the skin of their teeth. So Trojans plus the points, TC. Woo! Trojans plus the points at home in this game. And again, if if USC is has any hope for a, a decent bowl game, I mean, it, it has got to be here. They've got to show up here. I mean, we would have never expected to see SC as a home dog. And like you said, I mean, Washington – they, you know, they, they put up a, uh, some great numbers this year, but you're right. As of late, and I don't know if they're, you know, I guess you could make the, the excuse that they were looking past Stanford. Uh, you know, we saw that, you know, earlier with Stanford when, what, they played Colorado and they were getting bombed sure. and they came back. So maybe that's the case, but I'm with you, man. I would think if USC is ever going to show up, this has got to be it. I mean, I guess on the other side, Scott, you look at that, like people are going to say, wait a minute, Cal got 49 against him. What is Washington right. going to do? Well, it's a 55-45 final. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. At least. No, I don't think you be. are kidding. Seriously. I mean, there are going to be 90 points probably scored in this game. Yeah, total 75 and a half, 76, whatever it stands right now. But, um, you know, it's been four games in a row for Washington where they've just inched out or eked out victories. And I think that does, and the fact they can't run and they can't stop the pass, 
that's a recipe for a little bit of a disaster here. And uh, so, yeah, I took the points with USC. And again, I'm, it really stinks that I got to do this because I do have that ticket on Washington to win the national championship that I got before the season. And one thing about the Pac-12 that we know, TC, it cannibalizes itself. It's, and this would be one of those games where it does cannibalize itself. There's two teams with a chance to get to the playoffs out of this conference, Oregon and Washington. And I think Washington's, unfortunately for me, might end tomorrow night. Wow. I or mean, Saturday night. You talk about a, a, a guy who's got a future ticket on Washington, and like you said, cannibalize itself. I mean, they, they've never been there, Scott. They've never been there. You went on a limb on that, and I understand that's why it's 20-1, to 1, but that that's out there, man. Yeah, I'm really bummed that, you know, Penix doesn't have his full targets to throw to, you know, the last couple of weeks and in this game. And uh, one of their top wide receivers is still out. So uh, that bums me out a little bit. I think that's held their, their offense back a little bit. And, again, it's just, boy, this just looks like a tough spot. I mean, Kansas is in the toughest spot of them all this week, whether they win or lose off the big win against Oklahoma where they celebrated on the field with their fans like they won the national title, as they should have uh, celebrated. But, Boy, are they in a tough spot going on the road to Ames, Iowa. But I, I think next up would be Washington in this game in a tough spot, scary spot against USC. All right. He is uh, Scott Spritzer. All right, so Numchuck uh, has a little uh, outro song for you here. And uh, he, he's offering – how much are you offering, Scott? $1,000 if he can name the artist? Is that what, okay? Thousand dollars, Scott. <laughs> if you can name the artist, uh, and uh, you know maybe Numchuk, uh, he doesn't have a thousand dollars. He's gonna have to, have to pay you in monster drinks or, or food. But I'll uh, take it. But 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 here you go, Scott. Here you go. Time for you to play. Name that artist. And, and, and check out the words here. Baby, gonna hold her tight. Gotta grab some afternoon. Uh, I'm gonna say it's uh, Black Flag. Oh, he went <laughs> Black Flag. I think you've actually heard of this group, actually. But this is the modern version of Afternoon Delight from the 1973 version. One more guess, Scott. Uh, oh, that threw me off. The girl voice. Yeah. Uh, social distortion. Uh, not, not, no. a, not a bad guess, though, right? Close. Do you want? Do you want the Scott? Here it is. This is a, a term you are very familiar with. This is the Circle Jerks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I do know. I do know about the Circle Jerks, the band. Yeah, right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> clarify the band. <laughs> All right, brother. Wow, I didn't know they did a remake of this. Neither did I. But leave it to the astute Numchuk, our, our, our DJ on the wheels of steel. There. Gotta Jeez. love it. Unbelievable. I'll right. still take the dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can arrange that, no doubt. All right, brother, be cool, man, and we'll uh, talk to you. And good luck uh, this weekend. Take care, guys. Have a good one. My man Scott Spritzer. There it is. DocSports.com. Go there. Subscribe to Scott's plays. NFL, college football. It's all there for you. Hockey, NBA, college basketball right around the corner, too.